I'm the son of two master's degree holders. <laughs> so I was like, gosh, I've, I've let them down. I've let down both of my parents because they had this really high standard, high expectation about education from all of us. Uh, I give them props because everyone in our family has been through school, uh, some form of tertiary education. So I really felt like I let them down, especially since they invested a lot of time and money into putting me through school. When I got the lower, I didn't expect the lower, but I saw it coming. <laughs> podcast today i am joined by a very good friend his name is frank i met him years ago in campus i remember meeting him in kenya model of the united nations an organization we were both part of we went for events we debated you know we just had a good time and he's an engineer i am a chemist <laughs> or was a chemist and he will let us know you know in his own words who is he what does he do and then we'll get into the topic whose theme is confusion hmm this is a podcast about 20 something so you know if you're feeling confused as a 20 something you're in the right place feeling confused with all of us here and Frank is also a fan of Magnetica, occasionally listens to our podcast. So Frank, I don't want to talk too much about you. Let us know who you are. Thanks, Purity. Happy to be here, finally, after many years of listening to the podcast. So in a nutshell, I'm Frank Olwenda. I'm an engineer. I studied engineering, but I'm not really in the engineering profession as such like hardcore engineering i'm more of an it guy but my position like my title is engineer so purity i don't know if you remember we actually met during the early days of orientation in campus however during the early days of orientation no one knows anyone else's name so i think we met but we didn't quite exchange our names and then after a while we didn't talk to one another and we finally met again in Kenya Model United Nations. Hmm. Did we meet in the conference room? <laughs> or where did we meet? Uh, no, I think we street. met in the line. No, <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think we met in the line, in the, yeah, the streets of campus. <laughs> oh my God, I can't remember, honestly. I can't, I can't milk that memory out of me, honestly. But, you know, it's interesting because the first few people I interacted with were actually engineers on my first day and I'm not sure how that happened and then I got to know my classmates later 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 so yeah I mean if you remember that that's nice I mean I wish I had that kind of memory honestly why would I forget that it's been a long time it's been nearly it's been seven years seven plus years so mm -hmm. those are details which are hard for anybody to remember yeah Okay, but I'm glad that we're here still chatting, you know, uh, evolving through life. And I like that you said that you're an engineer, but you're not really doing engineering. I think you're already just helping us ease into the topic of the day of confusion. 
Uh, that may not be confusing to you, Frank, but let us know what's going on here. Let's start with career. What is your struggle? What's going on there? <laughs> Speak freely as a 20-something. I think I'll just tell you my whole story from the beginning of just after graduating campus. Mm-hmm. So I graduated in 2019. I got a second law. And at that point, I thought my life was over. I was like, damn, I'll, I, I, won't, I won't be able to get any meaningful career out of this. But my thoughts on that were wrong because I had that mindset that if you had certain qualifications or certain grades, you would not get a certain job. But the beginning of all of this started in 2019. I had landed an internship with KPLC, but you see KPLC was more of electrical engineering. The course I did was electrical engineering, but I was not really passionate about it. I was not really interested in what electrical engineering had to offer. So I got the offer letter from KPLC and I went to their office they told me there would be an orientation the following week and I just felt sketchy I was just like I don't want to do this I don't want to do this electrical stuff because if I if I had a tough time understanding these things in campus there's no way I'll understand it in the professional world so the following week came and they called me they were like dude come for orientation I said yeah I'll come and then that morning of orientation I didn't go you ghosted because I was just, yeah I ghosted them I said well I didn't say but at the back of my mind I was like there's no way I'm doing this <laughs> my mom obviously was shocked she was like bruh <laughs> there's so much unemployment in this country why aren't you going for this internship i told her i don't want to do this electrical thing it it gave me nightmares in school it will probably give me nightmares in the professional world i can say i was lucky or should i say blessed because I had also applied for an internship at other companies. Safaricom came through, managed to do an internship there for three months. Uh, Despite all of that uncertainty, yeah, I managed to land an internship. After the internship ended, I just became another statistic and unemployed youth for about six months. And... A friend of mine uh, linked me up with another friend and there's this company in industrial area. I won't name names from now of the places I've worked. Otherwise, I'll just be exposing myself too much. But there was this other company in industrial area had offers for internship and I needed money and I needed a job. So I took it. I took the opportunity. They were paying 10,000 shillings per month. And I went there. I didn't enjoy the work at all. I didn't really enjoy it. But one thing which I learned about myself is that I'm really good with my hands because this was a manufacturing company and I could do certain things like soldering. I could do design. I could uh, use my hands to fabricate things. And I was good at it, but I didn't enjoy it at all. I did that for about two months. I made really good friendships, good relationships with the people there. And as a result of that, I made friends within that work environment. And when I, I did get an interview, I got two interviews for two different companies. I went to one company in Kiambu. We did the interview. It was something I was really interested in, uh, networks, tech, IT, just everything in general. But I think I pissed this guy off because <laughs> I asked him, There's a, I asked him, because this was last year, I told him there's a pandemic looming. Do you think you'll be able to keep, keep stuff around if this pandemic thing actually happens? I I felt like I was foreshadowing something, but 
in hindsight, that was disrespectful because how do you go to someone's interview and question their ability to keep employees <laughs> in their company? So that didn't go through. Then the next day, I had another interview with my uh, most recent employer. They asked me what I could do if I was willing to take an internship and I took it. So I joined this new company. It was nice. It was a good experience. But three days into joining this company, the pandemic started. The pandemic, which I foreshadowed with someone else, actually came true. And in the midst of the pandemic coming through, I didn't have a job for about four months. So I just stayed at home, uh, tried to do some short courses, tried to keep myself busy because being unemployed is one of the most difficult things ever because you don't know what to do. But in, in hindsight, I was very blessed because my parents were willing to take care of me. And occasionally, I could get some jobs here and there. After five months of staying at home, this employer calls me back and says, would you like your internship back? I say, yeah. So I became an intern there last year between July and December. I did in turn, I really showed up. I tried to do my best every day. And then they finally employed me. And for a better part of this year, I was employed by that company between January and August. Now in August, I got an offer from a competitor to this company, more like a sister company. And I wasn't sure whether I should take the offer or not. And I made a huge mistake. I resigned um, on very, not the best terms. I I sent an email to, to give my intention of resignation. And I learned that you don't resign using an email. Yeah, that is the protocol, but you don't resign using an email. You at least talk to people, you tell them, I want to resign. I want to leave. I'm not happy. And you have a discussion around it. Now, I joined this new company in August and I thought it was something I wanted to do. I thought this new company was something I really wanted to be a part of. But since August, I haven't really felt as useful as I used to feel in my old job. And um, yeah, I, I think one thing I've learned about myself is that I feel I feel uh, worthy when I feel useful. I feel like I'm making a contribution. That's that's what's really important. So I have been at this other job for a few months now, but it, it has not been what I thought it would be. Now, uh, just to throw a spanner in the works, my old employer called me about three weeks ago and asked me if I wanted to come back. And I said, yeah, sure. I'd like to come back. And it doesn't help that my old employer <laughs> is friends with my new employer, like the bosses are both friends with one another. So he calls my new employer CEO and tells him I want Frank back. And to throw another spanner into the works, I am sent to the HR office and the HR is like, are you sure you want to leave? Maybe we can just move you to a different department. And that's my current predicament. I'm still not sure about what to do. <laughs> I love that story and thank you for taking us through your entire career. So I want us to go all the way back to campus when you got your second lower. What did you feel? I know you've told us that you felt like life was over, but I want you to like go deeper. What exactly was going through your head? Uh, what were you, were you comparing yourself to other people? Did you think that you take 50 years to get a job? Did you think, okay, maybe this is hopeless. Maybe I'll start 
my own thing. What was going on? So the first thing which went through my mind is I'm the son of teachers. I'm the son of two master's degree holders. <laughs> so I was like, gosh, I've, I've let them down. I've let down both of my parents because they had this really high standard, high expectation about education from all of us. Uh, I give them props because everyone in our family has been through school, uh, some form of tertiary education. So I really felt like I let them down, especially since they invested a lot of time and money into putting me through school. When I got the law, I didn't expect the law, but I saw it coming. <laughs> Because there was a period in my campus career when I was not taking school very seriously. Uh, I can say midway through campus in my third year, uh, engineering is five years, unfortunately. So it's like you do really well in first and second year, then third year when the bulk of uh, your, your marks are, you just slip. Then fourth year, you try redeeming yourself. And fifth year, you try redeeming yourself the most. And it the redemption doesn't really work out. So I thought I thought I was screwed for the most part. I thought I would not have a chance at a meaningful career. So at the back of my mind, I was thinking either I'll get a very low-paying job or I'll be stuck in an endless loop of internships or I'll just have to start my own thing. That's interesting because, you know, we, we now know your story and we know that's not what happened. So yeah. I want us to go next to when you got your first internship, right, offer at KPLC. You knew that that's not what you wanted to do. But how did you explain to your parents that this is not working or it's not going to work for me? Take us through that moment. So this is me. I know this is not going to work. This is a job. It's an opportunity. And our parents, you know, they're like, just grab as they come. How did you handle that? The first person I told was my dad. Because my dad is a chill guy. Just told him, dad, I don't, I've applied for this thing and they've accepted and I don't think I'm okay with it. And it was like, okay, fine, that's fine. Don't worry. (laughs) Now, the challenge was telling my mom, because my mom obviously wants the best for me. Telling her that I'm turning down an internship was just devastating news for her because she was like are you are you just gonna sit in the house all day doing nothing (laughs) and there was no way I could justify to her that I'm turning this down because it's not something I'm interested in I don't think she could quite uh comprehend that I'm not I'm not too keen on it but she did come around eventually because I just told her uh, mom I can take this opportunity and miss out on my potential and not give my true gifts to the world I could take this opportunity and work for the sake of working and be miserable wondering what if what if I took other opportunities which presented themselves the the main challenge with that situation was was that i was rejecting something and i didn't have anything else lined up i wasn't sure that i had anything else lined up for me and i just had this huge uncertainty about where things would go to okay so you told your parents and you didn't have anything lined up but you knew you didn't want to do what you wanted to do and you know i like that bit because i know it was obviously a very interesting place to be so i want us to fast track to now when you have two offers and i know most people are thinking wow you have two offers that's amazing but what does it feel to be in that moment exactly what's going through your head when you get offer a and offer b so now you have choices it's not the same Uh, as you're declining something and there's nothing to fall back on yeah uh that's true the the thing about uh having choices and being spoiled for choice is that in 
in choosing one thing, you forfeit something else. In, in rejecting something else or in rejecting one thing, you gain something because you rejected it. So on one hand, one company has the promise of money and just long-term growth, long-term shoot in career trajectory. On the other hand, one company has the promise of experience and learning a lot about various things. One company is bigger, and in bigger companies, things are more isolated, things are more siloed. If you're in a single business unit, you're doing things for a single business unit, not really the whole company. But in a smaller company, you find that you're doing almost everything. You are doing more than one task, maybe for more than one department. And that is the challenge now, because if I choose one over the other, I'll gain maybe be in one place, maybe one sector, obviously I'll gain financially, but does that mean I sacrifice on gaining experience? And in another place, I gain experience, but does that mean I sacrifice gaining financially for now? That's the question. That's what is really confusing. Let me ask you, Purity, have you ever been in such a situation and what did you do? <sighs> So I have been, yeah, a couple of months ago, I received a job offer from a very, very big company. And it's a company I hadn't really thought about before, you know? It's one of those that make home appliances and all that. And then now they have an innovation function. And I knew I didn't want to take that job offer. But up to date, I really don't know why. It's not apparent to me why. I just felt like, no. But I don't know. I, turning that down was actually easy because my entire body was telling me, no, don't, <laughs> don't, don't go there. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with the company, but I just, perhaps it just wasn't the right thing to do. So I even turned down the job offer before they actually sent me the actual offer. Um, When they sent me the, the email that I had actually passed the interview and these were the next steps, I said, um, actually, I'd like to opt out. So that was easy. Actually, currently, I'm trying to make a similar decision or rather I am in the midst of making a similar decision such that do I stay where I am or do I exit based on my goal? and the things I think I want to do and I'm saying I think because you might just step out and realize actually this is not what I wanted or I thought I wanted X, but nah, it's not working out. So it's confusing because there are opportunities I can think about to explore and maybe reach my goal, but maybe not as fast as I would like in one. And then the other one is a bit risky because it's not, it's it's a, it's a young company. It's still trying to figure itself out. So, you know, you might just go there and then, you know, challenges are just different versus coming from from a medium-sized company that's small established, has a bit of structure, you know, you in your own department, you're doing your stuff and you, you're used to it. So I'd say I'm, I think I'm still there, but I think what I've decided is I want to know what's on the other side until I make a decision. Think about my goals, my current goal and short-term goals and then the long-term goal. How I'll get to the long-term goal, which might even take 10 years, 15 years. Honestly, I don't know, but I have to make a decision right now to lead me to that moment. And the decisions I'm making right now, I'm hoping that they're the best decisions to meet the short-term goal that will lead me to the long-term goal. So in such moments, I just focus on my goals and what I have learned about myself um, through the years. So like what 
what you're saying, maybe you're more interested in in an environment in which is less siloed than one that is fully structured and so on and so forth. So if you know that, then maybe it, it, it will, it's an important data point for you to make a decision. So for me, those are that's what I'm using. I'm using what I know and making guesses about the future and hoping that it's the best thing. <laughs> it's not the best answer, but honestly, that's how it is. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. And talking yeah. to a lot of people as well. But the thing is, the more I talk to people, the more I get confused because they may not be in this exact position that I am. They're probably not in the field that I am in. So at the end of the day, I'm still wondering, okay, if they tell me X, Y, Z, maybe it's from, I don't know. But most people actually have found that very encouraging of risk. Most people around me, at least, are <laughs> telling me, try it, try it. Why not? Um, but yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just using data about myself that I have so far, my goals and faith, a lot of faith. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think uh, one thing which causes a lot of confusion is the fact that everyone has their own opinion because you can ask five people and you'll get five different opinions about one thing. Exactly. So yeah, it, it might not be that clear. Yeah. And then the other thing is that I think a lot of people are floating through life. A lot of people are not sure what exactly they're doing, but it may seem that way from the external, from just an onlooker's perspective. It may seem like these people know exactly what it is they want, what it is they're doing. Yeah, but I found that the best people to talk to, in my case, are people who don't give me a solution they just ask me a bunch of questions mm -hmm. to try and lead me to making my own decision that is best for me so yeah. like if i talk to i actually have someone like that i i tell them about maybe some opportunity I've seen and they ask me a bunch of questions uh, that lead to me at the end of the day. So they don't tell me yeah. do this, do that. No, 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 no. So I find that those are the best people to talk to. If you can yeah. find someone who's more inquisitive about your life than someone who's going to give you direct advice, that's the best it's person. Like, it's like finding someone who just, it's difficult to find people who lead you to what exactly is at the back of your mind. Because I don't think it's that helpful when someone just gives you their opinion and maybe they can just push you towards what you already know because at the end of the day that the decision is yours to make that's true but yeah i wonder how how do you think you're going to make the decision <laughs> because you asked me what what i do in such situation and i'm actually in one but i i think i think i've, I've decided what to do it's risky it feels scary i'm not sure it's the right thing to do but i'm willing to take the risk yeah what are you going to do i think i'll i'll just sit down and think about this whole thing because i've asked a bunch of people and i've gotten very differing opinions on the whole thing yeah i mean at the end of the day the decision only affects you as a person it doesn't really affect everyone else i mean unless of course you have a family dependents kids uh, spouse for now when you're young and you don't have much of those your decisions only really affect you yeah so i think what i'll do is just sit down and think about the whole thing and make my decision uh, bearing the benefits or the consequences yeah i almost feel hopeless listening to that answer <laughs> <laughs> because it's not not like oh yeah i have it figured out in fact the answer was so clear so early on i have exactly the idea that i need but yeah i feel a sense of i'm so sorry you're in this position and yet i know a lot of people would want to be in such a position but everything yeah. comes with a blessing and a curse 
it's not a good place to be but the dilemma is just it's overwhelming to be honest yeah it's a huge burden to have okay so what other tough choices have you had to make in your career that felt hmm, this is hard i think one really tough choice i've had to make is um okay last year because of the pandemic choosing between working in your house and working from home it's a privilege to be able to work from home but then personally i i find it very difficult because i'm not a very i, I think my mind is is very siloed so my mind knows that my home is just a place i used to chill and it knows that the office is a place that I work from but there are a lot of people who are perfectly fine working from home to them the office is just a very unnecessary tool towards their productivity apart from that i think another really tough thing i've had to deal with in my career is understanding what i'm worth because no one ever tells you what you're worth and i don't know if people really give you what you deserve based on what you're worth or based on the value you bring a lot of people are underpaid and no company will ever pay you what you're worth even if it's a lot of money probably that's not what you're worth so for instance if i go to an interview then they ask me what are your salary requirements you can get a mox from someone and they tell you these guys are offering between x and y amount but sometimes you don't have that privilege sometimes you don't know what the what your going market rate is so you get to an interview and they ask you how much are you worth and if you underquote yourself they might be like ah, this guy doesn't value himself at all shoo go away and if you overquote they'll be like this guy is not even worth half this amount <laughs> go away <laughs> so i think that's another challenge i've faced finding that balance between knowing how much you're worth and how much the market values you at i share that frustration because you know there's actually a th- such a thing as outpricing yourself out the out of the market yeah so and it's a real trap you can fall into because when you're young there's a lot of messaging coming through there are too many articles about what you should do and what you should not do you know when trying to make my decision i actually went through a lot of articles and i literally had both sides i was being told this is the best way and then you turn around this is the best way from two very experienced professionals saying advocating for two things that are completely different so it's it's a very confusing place to be i just hope honestly i think <laughs> i think at this point to just walk by faith honestly um, and the little information you have and i think your gut as well because you're just hoping okay i i hope i don't underprice myself at the same time i hope i don't overprice myself because if it's something you're really interested in and not even for that moment you're also thinking okay if i overprice myself right now and they agree to actually pay me this huge amount of money the next person that i go to will they be able to afford that huge amount of money or will i have to uh, you know change my lifestyle do this do that yeah. will i be comfortable to do that so it's i think that's the problem you think about the present you think about the future you worry about the future and yet you don't have enough information you can't see the future so you don't know whether you're making the right choice or not and you don't know whether they end up pricing you or not if only we could see the future and know what lies ahead yeah that would be so nice okay so you also talked about i think i want to touch on this before we move on to i told you i had questions really deep questions to ask you <laughs> 
But before we go there, I wanted to go back to that place where you said that you you think you screwed up during your interview. So what are some of the things you've learned so far, just going through different interviews and dealing with different people? I know you've also mentioned that you resigned via email. So just tell us three things that you did or you have done so far that you just thought, oh my God, that was so wrong. What would you have done differently? So I think I'll start with the last one, resigning via email, big mistake big mistake especially when people trust you and people know you and you've been giving value to a certain organization it's a kick in the teeth because you've you've been working for a while and you build a really nice relationship with the person who um is directly above you or even the owner of the company and then you wake up one morning and you shock them with a resignation letter no that that is not the right way in as much as it is formal business practice to use an email or to use a formal channel of communication to give your indication of resignation that is not the case especially if you've built a good relationship a good working relationship with people what i learned is that you need to talk you need to talk to the person above you or just the person who owns the company if you have access to them you just need to tell them okay it is as such and such i got this offer from this other place and then you can work something out if you're living because of money you can say okay i got this offer from this other place and they're paying me x amount would you be willing to match that or increase it if they say no you can just say okay i don't think you can match that and i actually need this money let me leave if you want to leave because maybe the work environment is not conducive you just talk to your boss or the owner of the company and say okay i don't feel like i'm in a very safe working environment these are my grievances i got this offer from this other place and i think that they will offer me a much safer and much more conducive working environment you never just send an email now when you do send an email is when let's say you've joined a certain organization and you don't really have a working relationship or you've been there for a very short time and you don't quite know anyone you don't have any rapport bill you can send an email because in any case no one knew you you didn't make a significant impact so that's one thing which i learned you need to use emotional intelligence and you need to be open and you just need to talk to people the rules are break down the better relationship you have there's less formality when you have a good relationship with people you work with now from interviews one thing which I learned one thing which I noticed is that if you show desperation they don't want you <laughs> and with many things in life I can confirm uh, that yeah <laughs> If you show them how desperate you are, if you show them I really need this, I really want this, I'll tell me how high to jump, I'll jump that high if you tell me to do xyz, I'll do xyz plus some abc from the next set of the alphabet. If you show them how desperate you are, they will just kick you out and say, "Hey, this one is too desperate. This one needs this job way." I don't know why human beings are like that, but it's also the same in the dating environment, I guess. It's it's 
it's a huge deterrent, even it with is. selling sales and selling things. If, for instance, someone comes to you in Tao and tries to push his njuguz on you, like, hey, boss, where's my njugu? Starts pushing them in your face. You probably won't buy them because now you feel like you're being attacked. But if someone just comes to you and is like, hi, sir, would you like to buy my groundnuts or not? And if you say, yeah, you buy them. If you say no, the person respectfully says, okay, I respect your decision. Let me look for another customer. So one mistake I used to make when I was really young, when I was doing my first interviews, is I would show so much desperation. I would get my cleanest suit. I would, if I'm asked how how willing are you to, ready, how, how ready are you to start? I would be like, I'm starting today. Give me this opportunity right now. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Do you have a third one? Third thing is I think people need to just understand themselves, understand your strengths and your weaknesses. And I think when when you're looking for your first job, you shouldn't really be so particular. You shouldn't really be so you shouldn't zero in on one particular opportunity. It's good to try out different things. Ironic because I didn't try out KPLC <laughs> and I'm telling you people this, but it's good to at least try out different things because sometimes trying out different things is how you find out where your key competencies and strengths lie. The other thing is that I think as, as you progress is when you can start being a bit more picky about which opportunities you fancy and which opportunities you want to be involved in and want to take up. But at the beginning of the career, it's it's when you have some freedom to experiment and dabble and see what works and see what doesn't. You can be as confused as you want to be. You can try everything. You can see whether something is for you or it's not for you. Okay, thank you. I think mine, I'll just go back to the first one and say, people say that it's not personal, it's just business, but whenever you're dealing with human beings or whatever you find human beings, there will always be an aspect of, you know, getting personal because you only get to work and progress by building relationships. So if you think that you can just build a relationship and then discard it because you don't need it, or so you think, to be very difficult for you so always as personal as it is about business so frank i have questions for you i want us to think or i want you to interpret these questions as you'd like and if you can use your current experience of just trying to decide should you go back to the place where you had a more dynamic work environment or should you be in this structured environment then that would be nice as well but you know feel free to answer it as much uh, as you would want so the first one is what excites you the most about this particular moment anything what excites me the most yeah i think what excites me the most is that i feel like i give value i feel like by the time someone wants you to work for them or someone expresses an interest in you uh, working for them, it means that they've seen what you're capable of and they want to give you a chance to prove that what you're capable of is what you are indeed capable of. What excites me the most about this experience of yours is just the ability to learn. Like you're, you're kind of like my guinea pig without you knowing. <laughs> Uh -huh. What has fueled you till now and how does that hinder you from moving forward? So one thing which I really love, one thing which I really enjoy is actually helping people solve problems. If there's a problem, I 
love helping people to solve it. Now, I think that hinders me sometimes because it's not necessarily that there's an immediate problem which needs to be solved. Sometimes it's completely different. Sometimes it's not that there's a problem which needs to be solved, but sometimes something needs to be discussed or something needs to be planned or I think, let me just put it this way. I think I get more of a rush from solving problems immediately versus solving problems over a long period of time. So for instance, project management is solving problems over a long period of time. And being a techie or being a technical person is more of solving a problem immediately. As soon as it erupts, you can solve that problem. So I think that sort of hinders me because it, it doesn't let me see the bigger picture. I think of solving a problem right now, right then and there, and forgetting about it rather than solving a problem over a given period of time, two weeks, a month, three months, even a year. Yeah, I, I think that's a challenge which I face. What, what do you think you face uh, a challenge with, with regards to that? I think... What I enjoy doing, what has foiled me till now, actually, is just the constant learning, you know? Yeah, learn new things, learn new things, learn new things. And I also like to share a lot of new things that I learn. And that is what has foiled me till now, because I'm two and a half years into the workforce or professional world. And, you know, that is required. You never stop learning, yes, but at the beginning, you really need to learn a lot. And it makes sense because you're like a, a baby in your career. Yeah basically so it's like you're learning so much how will that hinder me moving forward you know at some point and you know i already do this but there has to now be i, I need to be more intentional about balancing between okay i've learned this i need to apply it and i need to demonstrate the value of this learning of course i've been doing this but that also means kind of filtering what i have to learn and slowing some things down so it's it's like okay i've learned this how does this apply in what i'm doing i apply it does it work does it not why didn't it work why did it work and so that when i share that information i literally can demonstrate value it's something that i've been doing but doing it with a bit more intention which means also like cutting back on the speed of learning or not learning everything that i don't want to learn at the same time it's almost like yeah, do you think mm -hmm. do you think the learning phase ever stops do you think no i don't think the learning stops i think it's how you learn that changes based on how you progress so maybe at the beginning you have to be a general person super curious you know go there do this do that of course you have to maintain that curiosity but at some point if you know if you're getting more responsibility if maybe you have reports and you have a team then you have to be able to now demonstrate where what you're learning does you know for everyone else and for you so it's there there is an element of explore as much as you want like at the beginning but not not that much something like you have to cut back on it a little bit and now focus more on okay i have all this knowledge i have to apply it now it's even good for you if you now really want to hone in on a particular skill so i think that is my thing you never stop learning that's just how you do it that changes over time depending on your goals in that moment interesting so the next one is what do you think you're going to miss out on by choosing whatever you choose i think that's a tough one <laughs> 
because <laughs> if you choose one thing you miss out on something else and if you choose another thing you miss out on something else it's it's opportunity cost opportunity cost is when you lose out on something because you chose something else so for instance if you're a student and you choose to study on friday night you miss out on having fun with your friends or if you choose to go and have fun with your friends you miss out on studying on a friday night i think what i would miss out on is just the experience on both sides because the experiences are both vastly different and both experiences cannot be compared and both experiences are once in a lifetime yeah i think i'll just miss out on the experiences and that is why it's confusing yeah and yet you have to make a decision because if you don't you miss out on both <laughs> life yeah. is funny okay the last one is actually a bit chill what do you think is your first impression on others and why do you think this is the case which others like just anybody yeah when you meet someone what are the some of the things that people have told you oh this is what i felt this I think when I meet people I try to go in with an open mind try to understand that this is a human being they have emotions they have feelings they have a history maybe it was a bad history maybe it was a good history everyone's story is different and I try my best not to judge people for what I can see now because I don't know what happened 5 years ago I don't know what happened 10 years ago I only have a frame of reference of their present self so when i meet people i try to meet them with an open mind uh, i try to have a conversation with them see where their mind is at obviously you can't like everybody and not everybody can like you which is fine there's nothing wrong with that but it, it's good to try and delve deeper into someone's personality and understand their experiences i i try to talk to people and understand where they are coming from and see what their mindset is like and whether we can vibe whether we can get conversations going whether we can uh, see eye to eye on certain things yeah it's 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 usually an interesting experience because i get to meet a diverse range of individuals people who are the complete opposite of what i am to people who are more similar to people who are just in their own world the world is very diverse and it's good to interact with people at every level and just see what they think see how they feel and understand what it is that makes them tick so i i think i just view everyone as a human being of course because we are all human beings and i find it very important to try and understand where people are coming from how they think and what their life has been like from their childhood to adulthood because actually a lot of the beliefs we hold and a lot of things which shape us are as a result of childhood and upbringing and some of the fears we have and some of the joys we have are unbelievably from childhood yeah so it's it's, it's just good to talk with people and try and get a deep understanding of their history and get to know where their mind is at and what they think about for the future so when someone interacts with you for the first time they're likely to say thank is open or what kind of feedback yeah. do you get So the feedback I get is that I'm quiet <laughs> mm-hmm. which is true I'm a quiet person. It is person. so true. Yeah. But people don't understand that I'm quiet because I'm just observing you. I'm mm-hmm. just trying to understand what it is that's going on with you and based on that I will decide whether I can interact with you or I can't. So that's why I'm a quiet person. I just prefer to observe first 
and see, okay, is this uh, somebody who I can talk to, who I can understand, who I can have a conversation with? And funny enough, my dad once told me, I used to do this as a child, would have guests over and I would just sit and look at them and just understand whether there are people I would like or I wouldn't like. And then my dad would tell me that if I sat and kept quiet the entire like interaction with this guest, it probably meant that I didn't like them <laughs> very much. <laughs> but if I sat really? and kept quiet, yeah. <laughs> but if I sat and kept quiet and then started talking to them as a child, it meant that I liked them and I saw something. I, I saw that maybe we could be friends, maybe we could interact with each other. Yeah, as I said earlier, a lot of our experiences are shaped from childhood. So I think that's something which I've carried on from my childhood up to now interesting okay for me i also do the same thing i try not to judge but i also don't take things for granted such that if you show me x i'll just take it as x <laughs> so i tend not to yeah. what's interesting i tend not to show up with expectations and it's not that i sometimes i'm excited about something but if i'm excited about something it's probably because i already have experienced it or something similar before but if i don't have any history to work with i'm pretty neutral which people like to say calm so they're like i'm calm i'm not extremely excited and i'm not criticizing it before i even face whatever it is so that's how i show up and then whatever data i get when i interact with someone or with something for the first time i work with that data i don't make excuses for people or things i don't I, yeah I, I don't think oh maybe they did this um and i don't judge you know harshly either i'm just like this is what it is done yeah yeah so people tend to think i'm calm someone recently told me i was warm and i and i was thinking to myself is that true because i wasn't feeling very warm <laughs> during uh -huh. that period um but they somehow felt i was warm so yeah i think from my interactions with you you're very open-minded you are okay with anybody and everybody yeah i think that's why we're friends because you tend yes. to also be very okay with everybody and everybody <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay frank thank you so much you know we had this whole plan to talk about family health faith relationships but that's going to take us around three hours complete so today we've only been able to touch on career so hopefully we can engage on other subjects as well yeah i'm free most saturdays so you can engage me the next time we can have a discussion. I would love to have Phil over as well. Yeah. We can get and into her energy. This. You know, yeah. we, are, we are two very calm people. So Phil will yeah. come over. <laughs> she will laugh. She will, you know, she will just be so vibrant. And then we'd be the two calm people in the conversation. So yeah, I'll tell her that, you know, next time just show up with your questions and experiences and let's have a good chat. All right. I'm thanks. looking I've... forward to that. All right. Me too. Thanks everyone for listening. See you on the next episode of Magnetica Podcast. And of course, leave us feedback on this episode. What has been your experience trying to navigate through your career? Regardless of where you are, we know it's not easy. You know, people, you probably have the best offers in the world. Maybe one that's offering you the most money. The other one is not offering you as much, but you love the job. It's what you've always wanted to do. So how are you making these decisions? What's going on? Let us know and see you next time. Bye.